Alright everyone, welcome to this episode of Check Your Six. We've got the end of Season 11 Pro League to talk about. Some news to talk about within the Pro League scene. And we've got more collegiate to talk about as we're rolling into the playoffs and starting to see what that scene is like within CEA. And we'll be getting into what the CRSL picture looks like as a number of teams are definitely out of the race there and seeing what CR6 has to offer in terms of the seeding of the top 70 teams in the Premier League playoffs coming up next week, which will be great. But we can talk about some of those matches later. Let's talk Pro League with Syntax. <laughs> that way. So, as we all know, Pro League has finally, the season has finally come to an end. Um, surprisingly enough, I'm, I guess it may not be a surprise to some of you, but um, so TSM was at the top, um, only to get snagged away by Space Station. So TSM and Space Station played on Monday, and uh, Space Station won. They played on Cafe, um, and Space Station won it. Um, now a lot of people or not cafe it was theme park sorry um they play on theme park and uh one of the one of the major things that i saw was that like a lot of people hate theme park the new one they hate playing it in comp and ranked and stuff like that but um it's funny uh space station's coach lichen uh he was talking about theme park and he's like i actually love this map he goes my players absolutely hate it but i love it <laughs> and we yeah he's like there's so much there's so much stuff you could do on this map it is he's like it's crazy um it's a theme park he goes, uh, yeah have fun with it it's theme a theme park, park. no <laughs> um he's like yeah it's crazy how much stuff you can do on this map and he says i just had my guys run it over and over and over again um so we get used to it and, and you know just try out new different things and he goes it paid off uh we had to play theme park and our work paid off so um they snagged the number one spot in pro leagues followed by tsm in number two and uh dz at number three um it's kind of a disappointment i think for for both dz and tsm i know they were kind of oh. comfortable at the number one and two spots only get knocked down a peg by a space station um to kind of come out from from third place to to snag the first place um which is good on them um yeah I mean, I, yeah, I think they, you. I think exactly. It's exactly what you said. TSM and DZ were comfortable at one and two, mm-hmm. and then after we had the six invitational that SSG went out and won, there was just no looking back. Like I think right after that, once we got back to the pro league matches, TSM lost to, or. SSG lost to TSM like right after like in the first week back but outside of that Space Station just kept rolling they had a tie it was classic but like they still kept themselves competitive they were there in the chase the entire time I don't mm-hmm. I would need to go back and look at how many maps or how many games TSM lost since the invitational but like they they lost to um who was it last week or the week Who? yeah last week uh TSM? TS, yeah tsm lost to united last week mm-hmm. that was the decider 
they were two they had they had like a six or seven point lead and they blew it like that that's the decider that eu versus uh tsm match last week that was the decider Mm -hmm. and it put them in a really bad spot to have to hold on to beating ssg the ones who just won the six invitational the ones who are coming after you and those are the ones that they left themselves wide open to be their last game of the season against no let's yeah if if they would have won their their match against eu that would have guaranteed their first place spot um till the end of the season even if you know even if they turned out the same way they lost the space station they would still be number one so that sucks but it happens what I think when we when you're talking about the map, I wanted to see whose pick that actually was, basically, and it was space stations. They had the final ban, and they could have gone to cafe or theme park. And they picked theme park. And they picked theme park, which is interesting to me because TSM saved the coastline ban for their last ban. So the final three maps: coastline, cafe, theme park. I don't think anyone wants to play SSG on uh, on coastline. And no, cafe is cafe. You either like it or you don't, or you don't like what the other team has to offer on that map. But I mean, you're still talking the most competitive North American teams. So, do you really want to go to something that's super one sided, and then hope that you can pull off more than like one round more than your opponents? Like that's that's a risky business right there because it was bound to come down to a one one round difference if they went to cafe. Yeah. Uh, so theme park goes in as a wild card map, and hearing that the players actually don't like playing on it, but Lycan did. I mean that's due diligence. That's the coach doing right by the team and mm-hmm. saying no, you're going to play on this whether you like it or not. I don't care. You have to be prepared to play on it because guess what? Mm-hmm. It's going to be there in season twelve. Get it out of the way now. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. You know that's that's how you that's how you get ahead is to stay ahead of the game. You know. Mm-hmm. But um, with all that being said, um, so next season, I don't know if we've talked about it already, but next season is going to be completely land. It's going to be strictly a land uh, land season. So. Um, I think well, I mean, they're so they're ditching ESL, right? So ESL is cutting ties with Ubisoft, and which is why they are going full in. So that means all the orgs um, are trying to move their players to Las Vegas. It's going to be Las Vegas, mm-hmm. so they can have the land tournaments and stuff like that, all local. Um, so with that, with that being said. You know, that costs orgs money to move all their players out, you know, um, flying the players, build, buying a house, selling the house, all that kind of stuff. And that kind of brings into question, like, is our team making enough money to justify the cost of moving our players out there um, for, for the, you know, for the remainder of Rainbow Six Pro League? Um, and two teams actually are saying no to that, which is LG and EG. Um, EG isn't doing very well, as you probably know. They finished uh, last place this season. So it was a pretty hard last place, too, with a negative, with 
two wins, nine losses, and a negative 30 round differential. Yikes. Um, pretty, pretty bad. So EG is, they are dropping their, their pro league team. Um, so that whole roster is up for grabs at the moment. So let it be known that orgs do not hold spots in pro league. It's the players that hold the spots. Um, so EG is dropping their team. This is all officially confirmed and everything. Now LG, it hasn't been official, officially official announcement, <laughs> you know, from LG yet. But yep. it is def it's definitely coming. It's it's happening because there have been so many statements from some of the players um, talking about how poorly these things have been handled um, with planning. The the or the owners of LG have just been. Uh, just terrible um terrible communication from them haven't talked to them about anything um poor communication from ubisoft as well so it was just a shitstorm all around on both sides um and i you know it's not just lg that has been having a problem it's all of pro league uh ubisoft has been very um has kept the community pretty much in the dark about everything um they are they are really bad at communicating anything to the public, um, yeah. and even the pro league players, which is kind of odd. Um, and to be honest, this is a huge this is a huge black eye on Ubisoft right now. Um, they I they, honestly, in my eyes, they either need to do something major to 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 tell the to tell the public that like we are serious about this. Or they are they are slowly twisting their own knife. Yeah, I would um, agree. And I don't I don't know what's going to happen because they don't communicate anything. Nobody knows yeah. what's going to happen. Um, and so LG and EG are out. Now, are the players going to pick up and move themselves to Vegas to keep their pro league spots? Probably not. So, with that being said, if two orgs want an easy way to get into pro league they can buy out either the eg roster or the lg roster um but seeing as you know seeing that their, their performance in pro league um i don't think any org is going to want to pick them up if i'm going to be totally no. honest yeah you know no, that's not a cost efficient team to to buy you know i, I was um, just thinking that like if you, you have two rosters bottom of the barrel like and consistently not just this season not just recently like this whole time they've been sitting like six seven eight the entire time why would you buy that team and then pay the extra cost of moving them out there getting them settled and knowing that they're not going to be able to compete with who's there anyways and if they're if, yeah uh i know it's not happening next season because of this dropout or these drops out dropouts but if there were two more teams in the league, do you really think that you would fare any better against a super hungry challenger league team or some pros who are free agents right now who want to come together and go through the challenger league grind and then join in later? Like these, these rosters just can't cut it. They are not good enough and maybe they need a mix of different players, but however it needs to happen, you're not going to take the squads as they are to Vegas. And I mean, for this all seemingly came out of nowhere. Like it was this huge hype 
announcement like season 12 we're doing something big like it's great pr and everything but are they doing any like and again they're not communicating and or at least the players aren't communicating any of this side is ubisoft or ubisoft ubisoft whoever are they helping move these teams there is there any front-loaded work that ubisoft is taking on to help these teams it doesn't sound like it and why would they like they're mm-hmm. not like they're they may not be springing this on the teams they may be springing it on the teams that hey guess what you got to move to vegas either way it doesn't have nearly the amount of refinement in the ad announcement and that execution with details and a whole bunch of front-loaded stories about why they're doing this like overwatch league had like mm-hmm. the call of duty league uh, has and has done like yeah there was a, a stale time where we didn't know like cdl had canceled all their all of their LAN events and they said we'll get back to you soon about what we're doing they came back first event happened last weekend great communication rolling they were talking to all the teams at the same time as well they had to have been because eight eight of the what, 12 10 teams play in every event so they had to be communicating there so to see that this vegas announcement and players have to move themselves yeah i could imagine groups like eg who's going through like a huge reformation they've already dropped a a different team in another game and they're trying to focus on their core games where they're good and i could see lg doing the same thing they just paid a whole bunch of money to be in the call of duty league and Mm -hmm. they have the vancouver team and the overwatch league team so there's 45 50 million dollars that they've raised got other angel investors in to help raise the money for those teams they don't have another dime to spare even if it's a couple hundred thousand instead of a couple million or 10 million dollars to move a team down to vegas they're tapped out Mm -hmm. and rainbow six may not just be as big as it needs to be for them to think that it's worthwhile hard to say but i mean asking for another big big expenditure for the third year in a row from a team from the founding team like lg that's an easy exit and eg they're just not competitive and they they've they've gone through their own reorgs recently and so they need to be tight it makes sense yeah i mean same reason it's the same reason why 100 thieves got out of call of duty too rich for my blood i'm out now i uh, reciprocity there's rumors that they've been picked up but it's not 100 thieves and it's not a a tier one esports org that people are familiar with and seemingly it sounds like the the group is going to be fairly unknown to the rainbow six community so i'm really curious who picked them up this is all from the r6 leakers um twitter account so i saw that i thought that was interesting and i'm sad to see that 100 thieves still isn't in on this because i like their stuff i like what they're doing um i hope they do get involved i think it'd be an easy team to cheer for and they bring all their bandwagon fans with them so works mm-hmm. for me <laughs> and honestly like it doesn't even you know as long as the org is good to the team you know mm-hmm. like it doesn't matter if they're a tier one or not you know right. and then i i think the players don't mind you know as long as they have an org to 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 help them out you know mm-hmm. um now I think everybody wants to see Hundred Thieves come to 
Rainbow Six, but the truth of the matter is, um, Matthew Haig or Nade Shot, the owner of Hunter Thieves, is a lot smarter than people give him credit for, and I think he was kind of watching uh, Rainbow Six to see how it played out, is going to play out, mm-hmm. um, and I think he's seeing all this stuff happen right now, and he's like, mm, no. I don't know. <laughs> You know, yeah. this is kind of turning into another Call of Duty league, so maybe not. Yeah. Um, and his org is doing just fine right now. Um, right. I think Hunter Thieves is worth. Last time I checked, it was had a net worth of like 125 million. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think right. it's. I think he's. It's co-owned by Drake and co-owned by the owner of the cleveland cavaliers so he's got some mm. serious money behind him oh yeah so and i mean right now like he may not even really need an esports team to keep themselves afloat like with all the content creation that they have going on focus on that build up your platform i mean they sold out every room in their house basically to different sponsors so you know they're making money one way or another and they just have to keep doing what they're doing which is making good content they don't even have to be yeah. competitive at this point. I was I was watching some of the videos about like their 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 facility and like the their player house is like a ten million dollar house. It is ridiculous. It is <laughs> it's... could you imagine being one of those players and living out like your eighteen, nineteen to like your mid twenties, maybe even late twenties in that house and then then moving out to do your own thing and realize that you can't live like that anymore i know that would be devastating well the, the funny thing was is he actually he was vlogging one time and he's like he i was like i heard there are some problems at the mansion because a lot of because a, a lot of the players moved out he goes i need to go check on it and so he goes over there and it is absolutely trashed oh like <laughs> the mansion was trashed like they had moved out and like there was just trash all over the floor. There were like chicken nuggets on the counter, subway sandwiches, like just filthy. And he was like, what the fuck? Like he was so mad. And I was like, damn, like <laughs> imagine, imagine getting the, having the, um, having the opportunity to live in this fancy ass house and then just trash it, you know, oh. like. I guess that's the, the, the downside of having a bunch of 18-year-olds live in your house. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyways, um, yeah, so there are there's some speculation right now because Ubisoft doesn't communicate. It's all speculation um, that they might just be doing keeping the eight-team pro league setting um, instead of the 10 because mm. of the dropouts. Yep. There's also speculation that Disrupt and Sonics are going to be coming in to Pro League, but nobody knows because there's no no, make, no communication. Um, now, honestly, I can see, I can see Disrupt and Sonics coming back into Pro League. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case because I think they were kind of set on having the ten team pro leagues pro league rules. Um, and they're also going to have a nine month season. And also because Ubisoft doesn't communicate, the CL guys, the 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 
Challenger League guys for North America have no idea what's going to happen to them. They don't know. They don't know what they're playing for anymore. Um, yeah. There has been uh, no communication, like how it's going to be structured, um, how relegations are going to work, or or any of that. Um, hmm. Like, you know, how are relegations going to work for, for a LAN uh, where you need an organization to do so? Like, how how is that how is that going to work, you know? Yeah. Um, this, this, the Challenger League guys, just, they just don't know what they're playing for, and they need to be, there need to be, there needs to be some sort of communication stating, like, like okay, this is how it's going to work, guys. Like, yeah. you know, relax, all this kind of stuff, but nothing's happening. Yeah, I mean, I would have expected some priority to have been put on the Challenger League team as well. The Challenger League organization, like, that's your feeder group. That's what guarantees you at least two, three more years of competitive play. Because, I mean, mm -hmm. you, you see what that pool is like, you see how aggressive that talent is, and you see how deep it goes. That's your feeder pool. That's how you know you have a game going long not the pro league, not by the people who are in there. You look at the hungry people who are willing to play for scraps, basically, to get to that big big league payoff, that big league uh, notoriety. That's what those players are playing for. The ones who are in pro league now, I imagine most of them are just playing because it's a game they like, and they're getting paid to do it, and they have a pretty sweet setup. And, mm -hmm. and I mean, it's fun to go play at lands. It's fun to go travel. There's a lot to look forward to do while you're in pro league, but the businesses behind them are businesses. And if your team's not winning, if your team isn't turning much of a profit, like you could be winning all of the lands in the world, but if it's not an Overwatch league or a Call of Duty league where there's massive payouts for each one and regularly, not just this once every few months type thing, but regularly you're getting paid out for wins, like... I, I don't know how many of these orgs would sustain like a really small profit margin when there's a lot yeah. of complexity to operating an esports team, especially in a league that's not communicating. How much more effort do you want to have to deal with? I mean, there. this is why SLAs, service license agreements, exist so that customers and uh, service providers can protect themselves. If Ubisoft is not communicating, these teams probably have it in a contract clause to be like, this is why we're leaving and you can't apply any penalties to us. And here's our evidence. We'll get our lawyers involved and we'll back out. You can't hold us to this. And mm -hmm. I, I could imagine that there was some of that with EG just kind of going out and LG as well. I mean, LG is like that perfect example. Players not being able to talk to the owners, owners not talking to the players, owners not talking to the game devs and the um, eSport League publishers. And, I mean, this is Ubisoft. To my knowledge, this is the first time Ubisoft is taking on the eSports League and the eSports League. I don't even know if they have any other games that have eSports. And so taking it over from ESL with no experience... Where's that big red flag? Yeah. Like, I imagine that they hired another group in Vegas to run it because 
there's tons of those there's some of them who have been running stuff like the esports arena in vegas like they've been doing stuff that's where ninja did his Fortnite stream that was huge that courage got to cast and all that stuff so i mean there's opportunity in vegas for another production company to take it over um outside of esl but if if Ubisoft is having a bigger hand in the production and the quality behind it, this is their first time running it. And so that's a lot of risk for another business to be like, yeah, we're willing to fork over money to move there, fork over money to keep it going, to try and let you prove that you're capable of doing this. That's a lot of risk and a lot of money. Yeah, it really is. I'm I'm honestly surprised that they made the move to straight lands and they're moving everyone to Vegas. Like this is this is like especially without the promise of having home and away games like the Overwatch League. Like the Overwatch League season one and most of season two took place. Well, no, season two had a few home home stands. Season this season has more home stands where they're traveling more, but Overwatch League next season is expected for teams to be playing in their hometowns a number of games in their own arenas, not just Mm -hmm. rent out this place. Um, But then for Rainbow Six to kind of move into that same direction without saying what the future is of you're going to have home games or you're going to be expected to play regional across the country kind of thing for each week, for any of those plans not to be laid out, it seems poorly thought out, poorly executed. I mean, you had um, you had models laid out in front of you. Granted, Overwatch League largely disappointing in numbers, and then Call of Duty League still trying to prove itself, trying to find its footing amidst the COVID situation, which is really terrible timing while they're trying to stand up a league, but it happens, I guess. Yeah. Um, but there's no without any forethought into what the future is going to be beyond we know what year one and or year five and year six are going to be content wise and what ubisoft's plans are for content updates but we don't know what their esports update is outside of by the way go to vegas yeah (laughs) yeah we'll meet you there yeah and so, I, I mean, there's got to be a lot of trepidation on that front for anyone who's sticking it out and the Challenger League. Like, when you have three quarters of your teams going, what the fuck? How, how are you supposed to have a sustainable esports league? That's, yeah, that's... and I don't even know. Is, is, is Pro League going to be run solely by Ubisoft now? If, is, if ESL cut ties, then who's taking their place? It's it's either some production company that's based in Vegas or Ubisoft is, well, I mean, at this point, Ubisoft is either buying a company to do it or they're paying another company to do it that's local to Vegas. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much I would trust either one. Yeah, I don't. You know, I feel like ESL is like the pro league people, you know? I Right. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how it's gonna go. Yeah. Well, that'll be exciting. I'm sure we'll have some more announcements coming up while we have some collegiate to talk about. I don't know if there's going to be much more pro league to talk about 
unless there is some news announcement that's going to be more about rosters being picked up, rosters being dropped, um, who's moving to Vegas, who's roster swaps. If there's one player saying, I'm out, and another free agent coming in, one of the EG players possibly. Um, yeah, There will definitely of, be some roster moves, I feel like. I mean, those bottom four teams, well, if Disrupt and Sonics come in, that's going to be limiting. SSG is going to be happy. I mean, back in December, they chose not to change anybody. And that paid off real well for them. TSM, mm -hmm. they got a lot going for them as well. They, Unless someone's burned out or just not pulling their weight with the team, I don't see TSM needing to make any changes. I could see DZ yeah. making changes. They kind of gassed out after the first half, and then they fell pretty hard after December. They just Honestly, I don't... I, I don't see them making any changes. Oh, really? Yeah, they might have had a, they might have had like a, a bad break in the second half of the season, but I don't think it warrants, uh, any roster changes on their end. I think it was just, just a bad day, you know. Okay. Yeah. Um. But as you get below DZ, I think that's where you start seeing more disruption, to the rosters. Yeah. But there will probably be changes on like tempo, um, mm -hmm. EU, maybe, maybe not. Um, they just made we'll some see. changes. Yeah. So I could see them trying to see how that syncs up over the, I guess in the meantime, but like, are these teams scrimming? Are they all taking a two month hiatus until there's something announced? Like, I mean, they're all still at home, so. Yeah. <laughs> What a shitty situation. Right. Yeah. Well, we could stew on that, or we can talk about the good side of things and talk about college. Well, then. Was there anything else you want to talk about? I don't want to just jump in there and be like, screw you, Pro League, we're done. Um, honestly, no, that's it. That's okay. it for Pro League. Uh, let's see. I want to kick things off a little bit differently. Let's see if I can do this. Well, first, we're going to talk CEA in invite division. So they have figured out, out of the, what was it, 16 teams that they had in their invite league, they took the top two from each division, and the overall ranked number one and two teams uh, RIT and Akron Gold they get first round buys so boop they're already in, into it so now we have two wild card matches happening one's already happened this was Carnegie Mellon versus University of Florida this happened on Monday so pardon the spoilers but you've almost had a week tough shit um, Carnegie Mellon ended up winning and they will play Akron Gold, so I'm not sure how much of a victory that is. They'll get to... Um... Wait, no, I... I hmm. Maybe I read that wrong. I don't think I did. Carnegie Mellon should be playing Akron, and Pennsylvania State, the winner of Pennsylvania State versus Arizona State will play RIT, which is 
pretty beefy. Like Pennsylvania and ASU, they've kind of been... Pennsylvania is only really playing in this league. ASU, they're in CRSL, they're in CR6, and they kind of have wonky performances. Like, they're not doing so hot in CRSL. They made it to the playoffs, so they're top six, top eight in CEA. And I don't believe they're placing... I think they're kind of middle of the pack in CR6. So that's kind of a weird one. RIT, uh, who the winner will play, that's that's a challenge. Like RIT has stepped up in the CEA league, and I don't know. I can't tell if that's just because whoever won the trials just won on a good day, and then but normally that they're just kind of mediocre teams. I kind of it was hard to really grasp how good the competition was amongst those divisions but it it plays out to see some different names playing at this level and against some of the teams that we do recognize from the other leagues so overall i think i still think it's akron's to win i think you'll see an akron rit finals um in the end and i think akron still takes it rit was in first place all the way up until the end and then i guess akron somehow clinched the first place spot it's still weird to me that they had to play two less games because of the of a team that forfeit all of their matches from the very beginning of the season that um akron got their numbers balanced against the games that they played which was less than the games that other teams played and so while it breaks down close I still think it's a slight unfair advantage given to them to play less games and be rated higher. Mm-hmm. Um, which and I mean nothing against them against Akron. They didn't do anything wrong. They showed up. They played their matches. Another team dropped out and kind of screwed everything up. Um, so unfortunate, and it's kind of this weird competitive integrity question. But this is the way it's being run. Akron was going to be there anyways. It just kind of works out. So, yeah. um, so we've got those play. So, um, Pennsylvania State versus Arizona State plays tomorrow night, uh, seven p.m. Eastern time, and it's supposed to be streamed on uh, CEA's Siege's Twitch channel. So I'll have that link in the show notes. Uh, moving down to CR six. Well, actually. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and run this real quick because they have their playoff brackets added for um, the <laughs> invite division or the open division. Sorry, uh, where is Chrome open? Why am I keep showing up? Let's grab this. There we go. Perfect, though. We got it. And it's up on stream, even. Look at me. It's almost like I know what I'm doing. And it's not legible at all. That is unfortunate. But what I can do, let's see. Yeah, it's not going to work. Damn. Well, here you have it. You can't see my cursor. That's unfortunate. So we're just going to go back to the webcams. I thought I knew what I was doing. I don't. 
that's too bad but i will read off the team so far so um york university a squad they've survived playing against university of texas arlington scarlet squad they're placing udem i don't even know what who that is udem never heard of them but they are it's uh york university seed one versus seed 17 uh, Texas Tech University defeated ATU. Uh, I knew this one. can't remember it. Uh, Michigan University D1. So 8 and 9 will be fighting each other in the uh, quarterfinals or in bracket 1, bracket 2. Uh, UAH, University of Alabama, Alabama Huntsville, uh, Charger Blue is uh one against pennsylvania university they surprisingly their new opponent is a team that beat boston university who is one of the top tier teams in uh, crsl so that's interesting to see mtu gold i'm afraid i don't know all the acronyms in the world and there's so many mus mtus ttus tus ATUs, ATVs, too many of them. Uh, so there's some names that I'm just not going to be able to call out. Uh, FIU, Florida International University, they beat out New Jersey uh, Institute of Technology. Uh, that's kind of what I would expect at this point uh, between the two squads, given their history. Uh, what other teams are recognizable? We'll do that. Uh, Grand Canyon University, they've stomped another their second seed in this and they stomped their 34 seed psa they are up against san francisco university or maybe santa fe university hard to say uh csulb they beat penn tech they're up against university of central florida and uh so that was a little bit of an upset ucf uh seed 20 took out seed 13 University of North Carolina, Charlotte Green Squad, so not their A squad, but still UCF taking out a UNCC squad is a bit of a note. Um, Colorado University Boulder Black took out UCR. Uh, I'm not entirely sure who they are, but it'll be fifth seed up against 12th seed there. So we've got some good matches, some teams that we recognize from CR6 and CRSL competing even in the open league I imagine a couple of these teams will be graduating into the invite league and maybe even a third or a fourth given that um, one of the teams in the invite league forfeit their entire time so you will not be seeing them next season that's a guarantee uh, honestly out of all of this I have to say I'm rooting for Grand Canyon University um they were one of my first podcasts that i did talking to their esports clubs so it's it's good to see their teams ramping up in different games and more and more so so i'm excited for all of them uh what is it lopes out lopes up something like that lopes up lopes up is that like what they say yeah what is it uh gcu yeah look this up uh yeah lopes up because they're a mascot is it like an antelope oh god lopes up <laughs> i don't think I, I don't think I, you would ever hear me saying that if i went to the college 
Well, everyone's got school pride to a degree, right? To a degree. I mean, they even have Lopes Rising as a hashtag. There's also a difference between school pride and embarrassment. So. <laughs> this is true. Uh, okay, where are my notes? There are my notes. So that's it for CEA. We will have our full playoff picture next week as we roll into it. We might even have one of those matches settled by the time we talk. Uh, so that'll be good to know how much longer we have in CEA. And I'm really looking forward to watching these key matches come up. Uh, CR6 Premier League, we are down to nine 3-0 teams. And one, one of those is now... Uh, 4-0. Boston University uh, took out Mississippi State University. Both were 3-0 teams going in at it this week. So MSU, another tier a team near and dear to me, takes a takes a fall. They're while well, they're still ranked high because they've played their fourth match of the week or of the season for this phase. Um, I imagine they're going to be dropping down to at least. Uh, let's see. If we had nine three and O teams, so they'll be dropping to at least fifth, sixth, maybe even seventh, depending on how um, points are totaled and like round differentials and all the tiebreakers break down. Which team is this? Um, Mississippi State University. Okay. Okay. Yep. Um, I'm surprised to see Boston University up there four and O there, and I mean, like I was just pulling up with, um. The CEA Open, they lost. Uh, Boston ended up losing to MTU Gold. I couldn't even tell you who MTU is. And to see a team that's 4-0, having played winners upon winners upon winners in uh, CR6 in both Phase 2 and relatively difficult opponents in Phase 1, I'm surprised to see them have having fallen in Open League uh, CEA, but see them holding so strong here in CR6. MTU uh, I, being a Michigan Technological University. There you go. Uh, and one Michigan thing, I, one thing I found out while I was browsing the CR6 Discord is that matchups are random. What? All, all they get, all that Battlefy gives them, is the ability to set the seeds at the very beginning of each phase which is why they have that phased approach to get to the most competitive matchmaking because they set the seeds and then they let it go and then the matchups are randomized by battlefy what in the world yeah i don't know how i feel about that uh yeah i i'm still kind of processing that and i mean and here's here's one deal that happened and th this is how i found out about it there were nine three and O teams, so that means one of those three and O teams in their last week of premier of phase two, which is deciding seeding for the playoffs, one of the three and O teams got to play a two and one team. The one two and one team that got selected at random to play was a team that lost last week so they were already in outside of that bracket but because they had played so well they were ranked high and like they're they're now like 
rank 30th in the in the in the Premier League, which is almost halfway through the 70 teams there. And they got matched up against Akron. Oh no. So, yeah, it's a lol, that sucks. Um and it was just talked about how matchups are randomized. It was bad luck that this team that lost last week but is still highly competitive gets match made against a 3-0 team, the reigning champions, and they get the That's short end of the stick. That's really unfortunate, um, which makes me think that I really hope that there's more consideration into curating schedules next year. One thing that I've really, really liked about CRSL is that, and even CEA, is that you have your divisions, you know that you're going to play X number of games out of division, and you know who you're going to play within all those other weeks. And even CR6 did this not last season, but last year. You had your, like, what was it, six or 18 divisions, and then you had your four conferences, basically. You knew who you were going to be playing. You knew how, what was at stake each time. But with CR6, with this Phase 1 random matchmaking, it sets up everyone to go into Phase 2 with the basic seeding, but you've then already culled people into Open and um, Premier. So there's no, no real opportunity to climb out of that until next year or until the next season, so the fall in this, in this case. So, but it's not like because you were in open the previous season and won it that you get to qualify for the Premier League. You still have to go in through phase one and prove that you're top tier. Now, I kind of yeah. like that. Prove you're consistent. Prove that you're a, dom a dominant team. But at the same time, that's not the esports culture that we're coming into. If you want to tre be treated right and treated accordingly and like how standards have been set you are given a place at the table when you've earned it mm -hmm. that's not happening here and that's a little little concerning like you'll see that um one and two um from last from the fall league um they didn't have to play in phase one they got buys into phase two so a&m maroon and um Who'd y'all lose to in the finals last last season? Simon Frazier? No, uh Yeah, it was Simon Frazier. Wait, when I played? No, not when you played last fall. In the fall. because um, it was you guys were one you you fell to number one and you guys were number two. I forget. But like you guys got buys from phase one to get into phase two and you I think you were already you were seated at the top. That's what it was. You were seated at the top, so you could still mm -hmm. fall all the way down in phase two and then lose out in um Well actually no, because going into phase two, you were already broken out into Premier and the open division. So really the only teams who get to hold their spot are the two who won previously. So mm -hmm. really everyone else has to come in hungry as fuck to make it into Premier League again. So, and when you have random matchmaking like this, it puts a tinge on that. It puts a haze on it. It's like, 
it's not fully representing how good these teams are. Like now that there's been this many number of leagues and seasons within CR six, I would expect some amount of seeding to happen prior to the league starts. If you're a new team, then you're a new team because you have no data on you. So you're going to be ranked low. You have to climb the ranks. Mm-hmm. And this is where curating your matchups actually makes sense. Much like boxing and MMA curate the matchups so that you can see this Cinderella story, curate your list so that you can see the team that's up on top and see them fall under pressure and then see them come back again. Like see them walk through their stumbles, put your one and two teams, give them the buy through the phase one. Great. Awesome. But let your 16 through 30 teams also just be like, yeah, we'll we'll play a relegation match to make sure that no one can take our spot. Cool. There's a narrative. There's a, a cool uh, mid-season tournament. I, I could totally get behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, there, there's some some more nuance to the uh, competitive configurations for all of these leagues to figure out. I think CR6 has the most to figure out. Um, back to the actual matchups. Um, for this week, CU Boulder Black versus Grand Canyon University. That's going to be a great one, hands down. And they might actually end up facing each other if they can both pull through in the open league of CEA, which would be kind of a cool thing where you get their matchup this time and then you might see them again play in the CR6 playoffs. And then you might see them play in the open league championships of CEA. So there could be a bit of a rivalry going on between those two uh, coming up. Uh, Akron gets to play Clemson. Akron being like number two ranked overall. Clemson is 19 and the only two and one team to play a three and O team uh, due to a random matchmaking at the odd number of three and O teams. So yeah, Clemson hmm. was the team who got randomly match made up against Akron. Um, so that's unfortunate, but good luck Clemson. Uh, Texas and M uh, ranked 35th, two and one, two to one over Southern Illinois university, improving to three and one. Um, I'm, I'm kind of curious how you're feeling about the the maroon squad because they i mean having dropped down to 35th overall just with round differential score taken into account knowing that they kind of fall into the lower i mean the lower the last chunk of teams how do you think their chances are going into the playoffs are um honestly i i I have faith that they'll make it in the playoffs. Um, they're they're good oh, yeah. enough to make they're, it. They're in. They're in. Like uh, they will be within. They'll be in the premier playoffs. They'll be probably if 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 they win their next match, or actually uh, two to one improves to three to one. So they are where they're going to be. I don't think that the the rank hasn't been updated based off of the result of their last matchup, but going to three and one definitely puts them in a good spot as opposed to all the teams that are being downgraded to two and two Mm -hmm. um but they're going to be kind of like 16th through 27th kind of thing that's kind of the range that i see them falling in based off of the round differential scores uh where do you that puts them in the middle of the pack they're going to be playing teams that are maybe a little less uh or that are rated lower than them 
but as soon as they win one, maybe two rounds, they're going to be playing teams that are upwards of 10, 7, 2, all of that, depending on how the bracket breaks down. But how do you think that they hold up? To be honest. To be 100% honest, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I see them, you know, I don't, um, I haven't really talked to them about their whole, like, you know, how the leagues are going in a while. <laughs> but, you know, I see them, you know, get into the, you know, I see them when they're in Discord, when they group up to, like, play games and stuff. But I think they group up to play matches, and, like, that's about it. I haven't, I don't know if they've been scrimming as much as they should have been. And uh, mm. I think they're, um motivation has kind of fallen for whatever reason that might be now i could totally be wrong but it just seems like that um yeah. back when i played um our motivation was like through the roof yeah and we were screaming like almost like every other freaking day mm-hmm. um but these days i don't know i don't know what their their mindset is um so i think they're kind of i think they're going through the motions right now I think that's I the you. best way that I could uh, exp- put a word on it. I think they're going through the motions. I got you. That's fair. I mean, it's also weird. I mean, they never played together in the same room anyways, but now they're all at home. That could yeah. Be, that could be weird. They may not have, like, the same setups, all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, that, that's, that's a little disappointing. I, I like seeing teams kind of hold together for a bit longer but i mean we're talking this is a two-year history already um yeah hoping that they can keep the squad strong and everything but r6 is maybe not as widely appealing as games like league so it might be hard to keep the talent fresh and hungry at all times but i get it i get it um, or maybe they're just maybe they're just getting uh outplayed i have no idea yeah. I mean, take everything that I'm saying right now with a grain of salt because I haven't actually, like, talked to them about, like, how, you know, their preparations and matches and stuff are going. So, right. This is just all speculation for me. Fair enough. That's fine. No big deal. Um, one, so, moving on, let's see. We got the, the um, CRSL Week 6 matchups in the bag. So, actually, let me double check on this. Uh, tournament info. Let's see. Yeah, they got... Some teams already have their Week 7 matches already done. We should be in Week 8. Um, and finishing that up this week. Most of these teams don't have 7 games recorded on their website. Uh, and so there's still a number of makeup games being done. So I hope that we're still done relatively soon with this league uh, or with this phase so that we can move on to playoffs as it's a little hard to tell the difference about who's going to make it and who's not going to make it at this point. So I'm going to go through the scores and talk about the ranks that these teams are at as far as I got at least before realizing that it's still very much up in the air. Um, so let's see. Wisconsin Red, they are 3-2. and two. They attacked first on Clubhouse versus Auburn, who is also 3-2. and two. Wisconsin won 7-3. They have a chance at playoffs, but they need to pray that Auburn and the Bull and Bearcats keep stumbling because being 3-2, and two, they're in the race with two, maybe three other teams in their division to at least clinch that fourth-place spot. Um, Bull and Bearcats. 
cats. Boolin' bear cats. I like that. I like that name. Not just Auburn or <laughs> Texas A&MU. Uh, ASU Maroon Squad. Two and three attacked first on Clubhouse against University of California Irvine White, who's sitting at one and four. So UCI is out of the playoffs, hands down. Uh, ASU won seven to three. And again, this is another team that has a chance to make it to playoffs, but they have matches against UTSA B Squad and Texas Tech. And those teams are also out of the playoffs. They're, I don't think that either, either one of them have a prayer of getting into the playoffs. So ASU at least knows that they're playing teams that are weaker, and but they just can't underestimate them. And they have to do their due diligence to make sure that they do the work to clinch that playoff berth. Uh, Louisiana Red attacked first on bank against Texas A&M Maroon. Uh, Louisiana Red four and three. Texas A&M four and two. Uh, on bank, Texas A&M pulled that one out eight to six. Texas A&M also had a double header this week, and they played Longhorn Gaming also on bank. Longhorn Gaming attacked first. They were three and three. Or they are three and three now because they lost seven to five. Uh, Colorado Frost attacked first on Clubhouse against Northern Arizona University Gold and won. So NAU suffered their second loss, just their second loss of the season uh, to Colorado Frost, who equalizes at three and three now. Uh, that's a pretty big deal. I mean, yeah. that that means Colorado Frost is now one win away, and NA Gold is one loss away from tying it up, going from two and three and a three and one team, and now they're just one game apart. So oh, wow. these teams that only have five, six, four, five, and six games recorded, as much as you might be looking pretty at four and two, there's other teams who could be coming out stronger in their matches. And also equalize at four and two, and have a better tiebreaker score. So no one is safe at that point when you have teams like when you have upsets like this happening. Uh, Ontario Tech University Aqua attacked first on border and lost three to seven to New York Tech. Uh, OTU is definitely out of the run. Well, no. I won't say they're definitely out because they still have three games left to play and they win all three of those and they'll go five and three. That might be good enough. I imagine we'll see some four and three teams making it to playoffs um, or four and four teams. Sorry. New York Tech, they improved to three and two. Mm -hmm. Sheridan is undefeated this season. They attacked um, first on Cafe against Norwich, Norwich University. And they just crushed them seven to one. Sheridan, a team to watch in CRSL for sure. UTSA A squad versus Arizona State Gold squad uh, played on Clubhouse. UTSA ended up taking that seven to three, pretty decisive matchup. Not not a whole lot of promise from Gold um, to be seen there. Uh, Akron Gold, they're four and one at this point, and it's Akron. So you might as well just assume that they're going to be number two, number one going into playoffs. Anyways, they won seven to three on Clubhouse against or on Coastline seven to two on Coastline against the Bull and Bearcats. 
poor poor fooling Bearcats. That was not that was not a nice matchup for them, but you got to play what you got to play. Um, University of Utah actually took it to Texas Tech seven to five on Cafe. I'm two things. Utah is surprising me. They keep stringing together wins against teams that are recognizable teams. So I'm like, okay, cool. Got a Utah team in here. But Texas Tech, where did they go? What happened? I uh, <laughs> Like, they were there. They were competitive. They were one of the teams where I was talking at the beginning of the season going, Texas is scary. You don't want to be in there. You don't want to deal with them. And now Texas A&M is floundering. Texas Tech is floundering. What the hell, guys? Can't you handle a little pandemic? <laughs> Texas has lost its spunk. What can I what can I say? Damn. Damn. I feel I feel betrayed, honestly. I was like I was coming home to be like Lone Star State esports fan, but I'm kinda damn. I'm don't worry, I'm 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 kinda disappointed too. So. <laughs> We're in the same boat. <laughs> uh, Louisiana Red uh, attacked first, attacked Northern Arizona University Blue Squad uh, on bank and rolled through them. Maybe a little difficulty, seven to four, but all in all, playing the picture pretty well. Uh, if I go off of the current standings of the CRSL website, Group A or sorry, group three, uh, has FIU on top at five and zero, University of Akron at four and one, Auburn at three and one, Auburn being the team who has to play uh, University of Akron in CR six because of the random matchmaking, which is kind of funny. Um, so Auburn may actually have an opportunity for revenge in this match. Either way, depending on how either one goes, or they get an opportunity to get information on Akron to be like, "Hey, you will we'll just do two games back to back. How does that sound? We'll count it for our CRSL match. We'll count it for our CR six match, and that second game they might be more educated on how Akron plays and be able to handle it a little bit better. It comes down to that adaptation skill." Uh, Boo and Bearcats are sitting in fourth at three and two, but Wisconsin Red, another team that's kind of failed me. Um, they look super competitive up front, and then they've just nosedived across the couple leagues now. Uh, they're two and two, so they have four more games to make up, and it's totally doable when you look at the fact that Elon is zero and five, VCU Black is zero and four, and UTK Orange is one and three. So. I hope some of their matchups with Wisconsin Red are against some of those bottom teams, but actually it looks like they've gotten most of those matchups out of the way. That's unfortunate for them. Yeah, they ha they have to play FIU, who's 5-0 and at this point, um, which is not going to be helping them in any way. And then they have to play Auburn, who's just on top of them. They get to play UTK. Who's just under them in the stand and the uh, standings in their group? Um, group Group Four, five and zero. University of Illinois Chicago, five and one. University of Utah, four and one. Northern Arizona University Gold, four and two. Colorado Frost, three and three. 
ASU Maroon, two and three, Texas Tech, two and three, UCI White, one and four, UTSAB, uh, 0 and four. So, I mean, you got Northern Arizona University, U University of Utah, Colorado Frost, ASU Maroon, and Texas Tech all within two games of each other. And most of them have three, two or three games left to play. So, those five teams out of an eight team division have huge opportunities to make some moves in these last matchups. So that group, yeah. group four is totally like up for the taking that fourth and that third, second, third and fourth spots are for anyone. Like there's six teams in the running for that, which is crazy. Uh, and the, I'm going to go back to a point that I said earlier about CR six and figuring out how they can make better matchups. This is how you make better matchups. You have a, a division and a league and you have standings within it. Mm -hmm. Go back to your old format, please. Uh, Sheridan in group one or group one, yeah, uh, six and zero. Oh. Sheridan is just rocking it. They've been a competitive team in CR six the last two years. They found something that's clicked here for sure. Uh, I need to see where they're at in CR six. I imagine that they're probably one of the three and one teams at this point. Uh, so then second is Miami University, five and one, Wilfrid Warrior University, four and two, New York Tech, three and two, UNC Charlotte, two and three, OTU, two and three, Norwich University, one and five, Humber, oh and seven. So Humber and Norwich are definitely out. Um, yeah, uh, three, three, four, two, three, I mean. Yeah, two, three, and four are definitely in reach for even teams that are two and three. So UC Charlotte, UNC Charlotte, and OTU both have an opportunity to hit that fourth seed. So it's really a competition between New York Tech, UNC Charlotte, and OTU Aqua in that group for that fourth spot. And last but not least, group two, Charger Blue leads the way at five and two, which is so far our least dominant first place team across these four groups. So Texas A&M Maroon sitting in second place with four and two, not too shabby, but right mm -hmm. behind them is Louisiana Lafayette at four and three. So they've played one more game than A&M, but, and they lost it. So that's definitely some cushion, but you want to avoid that tie at all points at all costs, right? Uh, UTSA, a squad sitting at three and two again super tight one game behind texas a&m two games behind louisiana lafayette lsu three and three longhorn gaming three and three um yeah the afk experience at one and four asu gold at one and five just chalk it they're done uh <laughs> six and seven are out but between a four and two second place and a three and three sixth place. Yeah, that's another stacked competitive division. I think this was the one that we called the group of death. LSU, yeah. UTSA, A Squad, Louisiana Red, AM, Charger Blue, and Longhorn Gaming. Six of the and even the Arizona State University's gold squad. Like they came in competitive, right? They felt like they had a chance, but I mean, don't mess with Texas, right? 
or that side the eastern side of the south like university of alabama huntsville charger blue they've been crushing it they are i wouldn't i wouldn't say that they're like on fire like akron is on fire sheridan is on fire charger blue is like this bull in a china shop they don't care what you do to them they're gonna fuck you up um that's what i get from their play that's what i've been seeing um and it's probably the most convincing competitive team in this group but knowing that we have these six really strong teams in there one or two of these teams are going to find that fire again i could see longhorn gaming mm-hmm. i could see utsa a squad or lsu really turning it on and just bumping anyone who's not hungry enough um yeah that, that's that's crsl and I'm, I'm excited to be getting to these kinds of storylines it's no longer about figuring out who these squads are or the reputation behind them it's building out who's going to be the best who's going to be the team that turns on the competitive spirit the teams that want this and for the mm-hmm. ones that are in multiple leagues man this is that dig deep moment this is where you prove that this is what you want and the ones who are in multiple leagues i feel like they want it the most otherwise they wouldn't be in multiple leagues they would just be they would do one and done and save the rest of their time right but yeah i'm excited i'm excited about charger blue a&m longhorn gaming i'm excited to see sheridan pull something out wilfred warrior like i don't know if they're anywhere else in any other other leagues but they're holding their own against some talented teams so yeah it'd be cool to see what comes from them i just prattled for like 20 minutes hopefully that was (laughs) hopefully i wasn't cutting you off no no you're fine i think we're a little bit over time but we're still fine yeah we got a lot to talk about we make things to talk about we learn interesting things i always i always feel like like every single every single week i'm like oh man there's not much to talk about and then every single time (laughs) we ended up just turning it into a long spiel yeah i don't know (laughs) yeah i'm like i i don't know what we're going to talk about for an hour like there's only a few matches there's like only a couple pieces of news next week there's no pro league to talk about except for maybe some news and it's like well well we can go for another hour and a quarter (laughs) i know well uh why don't you share any final thoughts if you have them otherwise we can cut out and give some people some of their time back um i really don't have anything else much to say other than i really hope that um pro league starts to look up from here Mm -hmm. um i really hope that ubisoft does something about all this this no communication things i I really hope i i want to see this succeed a lot of people are are i think are kind of like set that this is going to to die and i really don't Mm -hmm. want that to happen i really enjoy this game and i and i i really want them to succeed with this so yeah here's to hoping and i mean there's i mean there's been a lot of recognition about how far the game itself has come how the esports ecosystem has grown they've taken great care of a number of the teams and it seems like it's worked out well for a number of these groups but yeah when you have something so off script going on and 
just a breakdown of a process that you would want in any endeavor that you're going into, that's super scary. And it's a good way of stunting or even stalling for long term any sort of growth that you had going on. And mm -hmm. right now, a lot of people who are just playing the game are unhappy. Lots of cheaters and hackers going on. There's lots of bugs that people are experiencing and these some of these changes people are really upset about i mean people on the forums and reddit they're always going to be upset they are the vocal minority should not take those communities as sacrosanct as this is what the will of the people really want but mm -hmm. i don't know how many people really understand that or anything but i'm telling you those groups those forum posters the flamers all of them they are the loudest and smallest group of people in your community whatever game you're playing so take that with a huge grain of salt and don't let their vibe rattle you and your confidence or your passion about the games that you're playing whether it's rainbow six or not um yeah what he's saying is stay off of our pro league that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying <laughs> well We've had our time. We've had our fun. You can always listen to the podcast again or with better audio settings in case I am too quiet on my stream. And <laughs> on anchor.fm slash check your six slash message if you want to leave a message or you can leave that part off and just listen to the podcast like I was trying to say. Um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're coming up on the end of our, our Rainbow Six podcast for the year. Colleges are wrapping up. In the, in the short order and like in the next couple weeks pro leagues wrapped up until there's news so i just want to say i've appreciated having a co-host this time around it's really been a lot of fun i've had a lot more to discuss a lot more to learn a lot more to ask questions about so i think the podcast has certainly grown up and leveled up a bit so i just want to say thank you for joining me on this i know it's not oh, the yeah. most professional of experiences or even the most in-depth podcasts but i mean it's fun. I'm having fun I'm making it. I, yeah. I've, I've enjoyed being here. And I actually just, I, until you just pointed out, I didn't realize it's actually been officially a, a, full, a full season now that we've uh, been doing yep. this. So, Exactly. So, so, I mean, I look forward to doing this again as soon as we know more about what's going on and seeing how, I mean, we might have to throw in Challenger League coverage going forward, but I mean, I'm not sure if we want to do a two-hour podcast. Yeah, and yeah. All we right, have to well, split them up doing Pro League and Challenger League and You know what? Two hour League. stream and then two podcast episodes spaced out nicely. Maybe that's the thing. Send us your feedback. I sent you the, I said the link for your messages and everything, so share it, spill it, send us your feedback. Good, bad, or ugly, we want to hear it and so that we can make a better podcast for y'all. And for ourselves even in case we're doing something that we don't know what we're doing um so there you go there you have it thanks for another episode and we'll catch you next week later everyone